Hello, and welcome to the Who's in Charge podcast, seeking out a Canadian leadership style by diving into difficult moments. I'm your host, Conway Huey. Remember to visit the podcast website at conwayhuey.ca for other episodes. This time, I met up with retired Lieutenant Colonel Leon Jensen, someone who's accomplished quite the feat in the Canadian military. He's held pretty much every rank that's not a general rank. So that's everything from private up to chief warrant officer, and then as an officer from captain up until acting colonel. Okay, so he skipped the lieutenant ranks, but he's got experiences that range from just teaching others how to march, to going to peacekeeping in Bosnia, to the big, big project of restructuring the entire army reserve. Now, those of you who know Leon will know that throughout this chat, he has nothing but a huge smile on his face. Now, keep that in mind as we listen in. Today is a somewhat moist day in Vancouver. Mm -hmm. Uh, So thank you for being here, Leon, and and taking the time to talk to me. This podcast is about uh, times when leaders have had struggles and things have not gone so well and I'm hoping that somewhere in your extensive career uh, you have something to share well hopefully I mean being in the militia being in the army reserves is always a case of learning quite often from your mistakes more so than what's provided to you because there's so many different variations to the plan that take place that you have to take option A, B, or C. So you got two out of three chances to make it wrong. Yeah. (laughs) And if you don't take any of those opportunities, then you miss chances to make things better. And that's what so much of the military is about, is taking those opportunities. Mm -hmm. You know, I've always used to say that the best option I've ever learned from my command corps was the term recce pull because you have a plan and then your recce tells you that there's a better option somewhere else along the line okay so that's the way you go okay but it's not always the best way so that's where you have that little error that comes in and you make the mistake yeah and so did that happen to you oh many a time many a time (laughs) okay because i like the adventure of trying new things uh is there a time that you can think of that you want to talk about well i i guess one of it was um my first opportunity as a battery commander as the oic exercise in fort lewis mm-hmm. sounds like a familiar job yeah we may know of. been there often but we've always done different roles so it's always learning one of the things we used to have in the past that was actually before your time was the nights in fort lewis usually involved a big smoker in the middle of the exercise which was kind middle of middle of the exercise, not well, the end. The Saturday night. Okay. Which would be detrimental to cleaning up and making it safely home. Yeah. Although luckily we never had any accidents on the we had very few accidents on the way home. Yeah. But it was also a lot of effort for potential issues that might occur when you mix alcohol with training in a foreign base. Oh yeah, I'm sure. So the big learning thing I came away with was that when I'm battery commander, I didn't really need those kind of problems. 
Mm -hmm. So how do you replace that? Do you just come flat out and say no alcohol? Yeah. Or do you come up with something that's more exciting that actually has a training basis for it? And in my case, it was the night move from hell. I don't know if you're on that exercise, but I sent the battery commander move orders. No, I was a battery commander. So the move orders that we prepared was actually for the soldiers to move from different points. Yep. And I've noticed through my life that number one's detachment commanders have a tendency to follow the vehicle ahead of them. And I was trying to break that habit. So when the first gun tractor was all set to roll out, I ran out there because I had come down from the OP to watch them yeah. and said, watch out, you've got a flat tire. So the number one would run out there to okay. check over this flat tire. And by that time, the command post is gone. And was it darkness by now? Or? It's darkness. So it was dark for dar the night for night? And I did that for all six gun tractors. <laughs> Downside was I never got any sleep that night because yeah. some of them took yeah. all night to try and figure out where the next gun position was okay. and what the route was to follow. Okay. But it was a very vital lesson that was learned. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like a clever plan on your part. Yeah, I didn't do it again because I really need my sleep as I get older. Okay. <laughs> no, it was a good learning venture. We won't mention who the detachment commander was that came in last, but sure. if he's listening, he'll get a chuckle out of that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, was there a time where you were BC and things didn't go so well for you personally? Well, no, it was mostly as CEO okay. sure. when you're responsible. Let's, so Let's go to being CEO. Uh, we had some difficulty back in the time when I was CO because the focus of the Army was that we were supposed to train the reserves at the lowest level possible. They just wanted individual junior soldiers. Yeah. So for the infantry, that meant not practicing beyond the, not training beyond the section level, Okay, which is a little difficult to do in the artillery. So I would have some conversations with the division commander that that was impossible to train the artillery at the section level yeah and he finally agreed and said yes you can train up to the troop no battery level come on let's get serious sir you got to either train at the battery level yeah. or are you just wasting time and resources and not saving anything so when it turned around as the co here we had a chance we combined five and 15 on exercise in fort lewis and we had this situation where we had too many soldiers more than a battery's worth. Oh, I see. We had a battery and a quarter's worth, a okay. battery and a half's worth. So as a CO, I'm supposed to tell some of these soldiers not to come up for an exercise? Yeah. That would be ludicrous. Yeah. It would be a cost-saving endeavor because we wouldn't pay them for that. But talk about morale. Yeah. So I said, obviously, there's a higher level of requirement here beyond the division commander, what he specifically ordered. We were going to change the regimental level. But uh, it was worked out great. Okay. Until the Western Area Training Center team showed up. On the exercise. On the exercise. They went down there to, to see assess what's going. us. Okay. Th this was, we knew they were coming down yeah. there as part of our annual assessment. Yeah. And their commander, their leader, took me aside and said, Excuse me, sir, but this is against the division commander's orders. <laughs> and I said, Yes, I understand that. But I'm the OIC exercise, and this is my guidance and my exercise. Oh, he says, I can't allow that to happen. Whoa. And I said, 
probably used the word woe as well. <laughs> and he says, right, unfortunately, we're in a foreign country right now, and I've signed all the paperwork for this exercise, and you have choice, two choices. You either assess, assess my unit, as you've been ordered to do, yeah. or you take your little party and your vehicles and go back home. Yeah. So he decided to stay, and at the end of it, he found it to be a highly successful exercise. Okay. So the learning from that is that you have to realize that just following the strict orders isn't always the best way. If you can see something that is better, you can approve upon it, yeah. and it works out better. And also you, you took the, the soldiers into account, right? What are you going to do with all these people that want to go? Absolutely. But the orders say that they can't. You still have to look after them. So a second part of the story is that division commander ended up being my boss in Ottawa as a major general. So, <laughs> but Why don't we go there? So what? you're in Ottawa. What was that like? Well, it was a kind of an odd situation in Ottawa. I went there as what we call the director uh, land reserve. Mm-hmm. So the things you learn there is that, oh, my God, this place is full of opportunities. Yeah. That you can make things better. You might not get a medal out of it. People are going to hate you at the end of it because you're upsetting the status yes, quo. Yes, because you, you need to be a little bold. Yeah. Whereas everybody else around you is just happy with the puzzle the way it is. Maybe. Right. But you also need to work, shall we say, around the linear mm-hmm. chain of command mm-hmm. sometimes. I'm wondering if you want to go back to your days as RSM and what happened then and if anything... Any fun things happened that uh, were a struggle or didn't go well? or um, Well, it, it's quite a leap to go from being in an RSM where you've taken all the training and suddenly have to start over again and, in my case, start off with a food course. Mm-hmm. And it's been a while since you've been in the classroom as a recipient rather than as an instructor. You know, right from the beginning, it, it, as the instructors are standing at the front with the uh, uh, the classroom layout in there, you can hear that my hearing was better then, kind of going, which one's the RSM? Yeah, that's yeah. me. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it went all right until we got down to troop commander's fire planning. Mm-hmm. So how many targets are you supposed to have in a troop commander's simple fire plan? Three. Three? Yeah, well, when they were giving me mine, it was like after the third one, he's going, here's another one. Oh, yeah. Here's another one. And at six, he stopped. <laughs> and, and you're kind of looking at it and going, like, thanks a lot, trying to put all that together. Yeah. And uh, I, I think they were just giving an RSM, old RSM, a hard time. Yeah. But, uh, well, I kind of found that barely successful. Yeah, okay, thanks. <laughs> yeah, but what you have to learn is you have to be able to be flexible all mm-hmm. the time and, and, yeah. and take so those I'm wondering how, how, how it felt because I'm picturing myself Everybody else has three targets, but I got six. So what, what went through your mind? Like, how did that feel? I would have been pissed off. I look at it as on the humor side going, like, really? Is, is, did an RSM treat you badly in your past okay. somewhere? <laughs> I mean, that's a good attitude to take, right? Just oh, yeah. Treat, think of it lightly. It, and quite often you have to in your military career, don't you? Yeah, but so many people don't. Uh, don't they? Um, so many people take it so seriously, so personally sometimes. Yeah. You know, they, they get into a rut, and um, those are sometimes the people that don't make it through. And really, that's not the way to go. You've got to love what you're doing, and you've got to look at the benefits of what you're doing and realize it's not a perfect structure. Yeah. 
because it's it, not meant to because in a state of war it's yeah. never going to work exactly as per plan and when it sucks you got to embrace the suck exactly so way back when i applied for an op- uh, a un tour mm-hmm. and uh, i was told that time i was a major and i was told well you know they're looking for young platoon <laughs> commanders but Ouch. I didn't use the word young, did I? <laughs> says, yes, you did. No, I didn't. Okay. And you can apply, but I can tell you now, you're not going to get it. So I get this phone call. and says, yeah, there's this other position that's come up. Um, what is it? Oh, we're not too sure. It's uh, Watchkeeper LO, uh, BHC Command Sarajevo. Okay. Okay, what, what does that, that mean? That we don't know. <laughs> you want it or not? It's available. Oh, okay. Um, sure, yeah, put my name in for it. I guess there'll be training before I go? Oh, yeah, of course there will be. But I did find out that ops, my role was to work in a headquarters as a basically a duty officer Okay. at Sarajevo. Okay. And as I stepped off the airplane, which just at the time all the NATO air raids were going in, yeah. was when we arrived. And as I stepped off the airplane, there's a warrant officer there going, everybody going to Sarajevo over here. Uh, we got the rides all sorted out. Got to get you into some armored vehicles in order to get you. Oh, not you, sir. You're not going with us. <laughs> oh, what? No, you've been replaced. Oh, where am I going? Back on the plane? He's, no, no, no. Get in the bus. They'll, they'll let you know where you're going later. Wow. Okay, you don't know? No, no. Get in the <laughs> bus. <laughs> So we got in the bus to get down to Can Logvat, and it was kind of everybody going into uh, uh, Zagreb over here for a briefing. Am uh, I on your list there for Zagreb? Uh, Jensen, Jensen, Jensen. And nope. Okay, so where am I going? Oh, hang on, let me take a look. You're going to Gornjai Bekov. Okay, how many of us are going there? Just you. <laughs> What's there? Oh, I don't know. How do I get there? Uh, they're coming to pick you up. Who's they? I don't know, sir. <laughs> wow. And that was my introduction to Yugoslavia. Yeah. Um, any other times where... Look for times where things didn't go well. Or maybe even you failed. Or you struggled. But you learned something. Uh, well, one of the big failures that um, CO of the Seaforth would probably get a laugh out of is back when he was a lieutenant and mm-hmm. I was the battery sergeant major, we had a winter warfare exercise plan. Yeah. And unfortunately, what happens in Vancouver on Friday night sometimes, before they go to Chilliwack for the winter warfare, the weather turns. Mm-hmm. So it starts raining instead of having that wonderful snow. So... Um, we had a case often the officers wouldn't come down for when the preparation and when the exercise started. In his case, he was living away, so he was going to meet us up there, and there were no other officers on the exercise. Yeah. So one of the TSM suggested, well, do we really need all this winter warfare stuff if it's just raining up in Chilliwack? <laughs> wouldn't we better just with tarps and yeah. uh, canvas? And we made an executive decision before cell phones, mind you, uh, so we couldn't confirm it with the OIC of the exercise, and we left the toboggans behind. Yeah. And we arrived in Chilliwack just in time for the first four inches of snow to fall. <laughs> <laughs> so he was uh, very upset with his BSM for yeah. not bringing along the winter equipment. Yeah. 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 Lesson learned? 
and make sure you got yourself covered for the basic plan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially if you're not really responsible for the basic plan. So that was your call then, to not bring the toboggans? Uh, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I made the ultimate call there yeah. on somebody else's suggestion. Yeah. But you pass forward to the Royal King Artillery Association meeting, a, and the Colonel Commandant starts off his introduction to everybody and says, Welcome to Petawawa. I just want to warn everybody, there's something going on in Ottawa. Somebody's trying to restructure the mm-hmm. reserves. Yeah. Some staff officer is doing a bunch of work down there without any input from us. Hmm. I was the next guy to speak, and I said, yeah. Hi, this staff <laughs> officer, the <laughs> Colonel Coleman I was talking about, that, that's me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're looking for input You're from right. the artillery as to where the future is. How about leadership lessons from your career? What kind of leadership lessons do you have for young leaders out there? I, I guess the main one that I've always spoken on was mission command. Okay. To give that view of what's required out there. Yeah. And then allow the leaders underneath you to work towards that or exceed that expectation. Decentralize the, the responsibility, right? Right, without being totally man-managing mm-hmm. them down to the yeah, nth exactly. degree. Yeah. Allowing them that flexibility. Yeah. You know, almost letting chaos reign quite yeah. often so you can get those good ideas that you might not have thought of because mm-hmm. nobody has all the ideas. I certainly didn't know how many men in an engineer section, yeah. but listening to those guys all day long, you can pick up from that. And it's the same when you're leading those soldiers of great ideas yeah. all the way down to the gunner, uh, the recruit even that comes in off the street. He probably has some new novel ideas as well. Mm-hmm. You know, in today's age, we don't want everybody the same. Yeah. Any um, any times that uh, you remember practicing that or where, where that went went really well, Mission Command? Just, I, I guess it's just... when things happened. The overall flavor. You didn't have to really tell people specifically what to do mm-hmm. because they understood where you were trying to lead and it went on. Yeah. So... Uh, Take a look at the armories here, for an example. When I became the CO, it was still painted in the standard ugly green colors. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's like, why does it always get painted that way? Yeah. So it just happens that during my time, it was due for a repaint. Okay. And yeah, kind of talk to the guys up in Chilliwack and say, so who picks the color? Oh, well, uh, it, we just used whatever was used the last time because nobody said anything different. Hmm. <laughs> We'd like to choose something better. Okay. You know, I, I have no idea what. So threw that around. I forget who came up with the colors. So it was a lot lighter yeah. instead of that dark abysmal. And then when they were just about finished painting all the interior, we said, ah, you know, wouldn't it be great if we had this red over blue trim all the way around? Yeah. So the painter had left his scaffolding there because he wasn't quite finished. So over the weekend, we started painting the line around. Okay. Which... Uh, there were some frowns over, <laughs> but that puts in process a whole different things. You've now said, we can do other things here. And that's where Sergeant Caligaro mm-hmm. came up with yeah. his great display of yeah. the, the unit's history. So I guess it's an example of where that one bit of boldness where you said, hey, let's, let's just do this because we think it's a good idea and we have the means to do it. Right, and if you give them from your level, yeah. 
that this is allowed. So yeah, yeah, you can allow other people and, and inspire them to, to use their ideas and not be afraid to, uh, to do things a little differently. Right. But of course, being responsible, you still have to keep an eye to make sure that it doesn't get yeah, carried out away. Out of control. Hmm. But there's so okay. many. Um, yeah, I mean, the stories that we like are, are stories of, of your personal struggles. Uh, when I first joined? Or some yeah. struggle, rejection, failure. Um, I found a lot of the courses tough, um, like the junior NCO course. Yeah. I, I found that very difficult, very shy person. Why? Because you had to yell at people? Uh, no, I, I guess, why was it tough? It's, I guess, just not feeling very, um, confident to myself okay especially when you're standing in front of other people yeah you need a certain confidence to to get it across which is what a lot of our training is really helpful mm -hmm. for it, it if it's done properly yeah it gets a person past that yeah and i imagine the and still to this day the jnco course is a lot about that about yeah. building their confidence in their character so and still also the junior officer course yeah on the yeah. same vein. Yeah. So you found that a real struggle, the GNCO course? Yeah. As a naturally shy person? Yeah. But then you find out the, the interesting little quirks of the military. So as you're trying to be assessed on mm -hmm. giving a period of drill, yeah. and you're on the parade square in Victoria with a uh, 3rd Battalion PPCLI Master Corporal assessing you yeah. on a boat turn on the march. Like, how do I get stuck with that? That's got to be the hardest yeah. lesson to teach. Yeah. And as I'm about halfway through, hopefully doing it correctly, but maybe not perfectly, I look over and there's the master corporal going through my lesson. Like, following through. Yeah. And after I'm done, he comes over and he goes, actually, I found that very successful. Oh. Do you realize that uh, we've just changed about turn on the march, and I am an old queen's own rifles, and we used to do it totally yeah. different, yeah. and you taught me how to do it correctly. Oh, wow. <laughs> so how, how did you go from what you described as being a shy person trying to struggle through JNCO to teaching a PPCLI how to do drill properly with enough confidence that they actually believed you? Uh, well, that I was teaching like, the rest of the course. Yeah, I know, but that sounds like a real journey from from where you started on that course to, I'm guessing this is kind of the pinnacle of, of yeah. where you reached. I guess a lot of it is I developed a sense of humor and you can just mm. laugh past a mm -hmm. lot of these. Aha. So that's it. That could be it. Treating things lightly and, and finding some humor in, in what is this could be a serious situation or, or I mean, other people might, might take that very seriously. Yeah, but Especially what is being the intent? Assessed. The intent here is to teach people. Yeah. And to assess whether or not you can gain their attention, which yeah. you certainly did. And if yeah. you did that in a class that you just want to teach somebody, what better way than by having the humor in it and getting them in, involved yeah. in something interesting? Yeah. Not just going in one spot exactly. to the other. No, so yeah, I'm going back to, to picturing a young Leon Jensen as on a JNCO as a private or gunner and somehow figuring out this lesson of 
humor to get through that difficult time because that I mean it would be for me it was for me a huge transition to go from being me natural me to being an actual person giving commands to others it, it's a huge leap um, but you did that with humor or in your own mind or with others or what um how'd you do it probably um the humor is the class clown that's uh trying to get through or mm-hmm. not that i was ever the class clown in school <laughs> but so, you were on jason nco um no not so mm-hmm. much there i guess it's usually i not so much the class clown but looking at the bright side of things yeah so yeah. in, in in bosnia again there just before christmas uh one of the british majors says leon um I'm doing this thing for the local orphanage, big Christmas party. They haven't had one in years. Yeah. Is there anything the Canadian system mm-hmm. can chip in? Because I was also the wines member for the officers' mess. I said, well, they got the cheapest beer. When I go down there, I'll check with them and see if there's anything, some extra chocolate or whatever. Okay. So I get down there and extra chocolate or anything for this great opportunity. Yeah. And the guy looks at me and he says, well, actually, sir, you know, it's just before Christmas. All the packages are coming yeah. from home. So we just dumped it all in the dumpster because it was all going to be stale dated another week or so. The dumpster. <laughs> you throw all your chocolate in the dumpster? <laughs> yes, sir. When? Oh, about two days ago. Still there? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so there I was in Bosnia as a captain, dumpster diving. Wow. But dumpster Harper, diving for bring the, the Land or- Rover over for the orphans. <laughs> dumpster diving for the orphans, though. Yeah, for the good yeah. of the orphans. I didn't make the corporal jump in there. Yeah. Now, now Contra- I'm picturing uh, acting Captain Leon Jensen dumpster diving for chocolate. Why? Why did you do that? I mean, other people wouldn't have. They would have said, "Oh no, I'm I'm not doing that." The orphans. We'll find something else. But you said, "Hey, I'm I'm going for it." And S- no shame into the dumpster. Because of the results. What are we trying to achieve in Bosnia? We're trying to bring back a normalcy of life mm-hmm. without strife. If this is one more piece of making people happy there, to make their life seem a little bit more normal than having people blow up their neighbor's house or, yeah. or terrorize the neighborhood because you don't happen to be have the same last name as the other person. Yeah. It wasn't about color. It wasn't about no. race. It was about right down looking through telephone books to see who yeah. belonged and who didn't. Yeah. I mean, it was just crazy. If you can bring a bit of normalcy and go that extra step, absolutely, why not? Yeah. yeah. That's Isn't that why we're here? We're trying to do something good for the world? Yeah, but so many people would have opted not to go into that dumpster and probably not done anything for the orphans and just walked away. Yeah. Because you said there's no time left, right? And that was the only option. Or they would have made the corporal do it. Yeah. <laughs> That's just wrong. <laughs> Which would be wrong. Yeah. I mean, people would do that, but it's not right. You know, if, if, if you're there to make a difference mm-hmm. and you can do everything possible to do that, why not? Yeah. Uh, Leon, it's been great. I, I got to run. Um, but... Uh, we should do this again because I, I think there's more there. I think you've got lots of stories. And it's yeah. a matter of kind of pulling it a bit from you. I came away from that talk with two big takeaways. One is the value of a leader that doesn't take everything way too seriously. It's kind of infectious and really sets the tone with 
those around them. Just like Leon, who, if you remember, he has got a huge smile on his face or whole talk. He kind of put me at ease with that. But the second takeaway for me personally is that it really shows when I haven't had a solid block of time to prepare for a chat with one of these guests who's given their time to me. Now, this was one of those times where I didn't really prepare enough, and, and you can see that I had cut out quite a bit. But on a podcast about leadership mistakes and lessons, I think it's okay for me to admit here that I could have done better, and I definitely learned from that. So thanks for getting this far in this episode. This has been the Who's In Charge podcast with me, Conway Huey. Be sure to visit the website, conwayhuey.ca, to find show notes and more about me. Connect with me via the website or LinkedIn, and thanks again for listening. Remember to rate this on Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your favorite podcast service.